Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, as well as in the Gospels over the past few weeks, we have been reading from John's Gospel, chapters 14, 15, and 16. Now, Scripture's scholars refer to this as the Last Supper Discourse. Now, John's Gospel is unique. Unlike the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all depict the Last Supper and what was done and what Jesus said. But in John's Gospel, he leaves it out. But instead, he kind of skips over it, and then he comes to this long discourse, one in which Jesus just completed the Last Supper, and now it's his final teaching of the apostles. We have to appreciate the context in which this gospel is set in. Jesus is with his apostles, and his arrest is imminent. It could be a few hours away, maybe just a few minutes away. So, in his last few moments with his apostles, Jesus is telling the apostles absolutely what they need to know to continue or carry on the mission that he began. It could be likened to a last will and testament. It's similar to like a family member whom you admire deeply. You find out that they're dying, so you go to their bedside, and this person tells you all the important things that they learned in their lifetime so that you could benefit by that. Now, there's a natural tendency for us to listen carefully, for us to hang on every word that the person is talking to us. This is exactly what's going on in the gospel. Jesus is imparting upon his apostles his last words, making sure that they understand exactly the mission so that they are prepared to carry it out. And see, this is why our church carefully positions these readings right after Easter. We, like the apostles, must listen carefully. We must hang on every word that Jesus speaks to us. Now, notice what Jesus says in the gospel. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Well, that is so true. Jesus is the vine, the vine of life, and we are his branches. The implication here, Jesus is the only source of life. When did that start? At the moment of our baptism. When we were baptized, Jesus was present and he joined his life to us, never to be separated again for all of eternity. And it is because Jesus has joined our life with his that we now have the great promise and the hope of immortality to come, salvation. That's why I always say baptism is the second greatest event in our life. Notice also, too, John uses these organic terms. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Later on, he'll say, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you will not have life within you. These are all organic images telling us what we need to live and survive. 
Now notice he continues. He says, unless you remain in me, you will not have life. Now the Greek word remain is mane, which means to be embedded. That's how powerful that message is. You know, it's similar to a plant. A plant must be embedded or remain rooted in the ground to live. A fish must be embedded or remain in water to live. We too, we have to remain in an atmosphere with oxygen in order for us to live. And see, this is precisely John's point. We have to remain or be embedded into Christ in order for us to continue to live. We have to understand, Jesus is not just a great teacher. He is that, but more. He is the source of life itself. That's why he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Paul picks up on this organic image. And Paul, he refers to the church as the body and Jesus as the head. We have to realize the church is not just a collection of like-minded people. It's much more than that. In these organic images, we see that there is a connectiveness between us and Jesus Christ. Now notice, Jesus continues on. He says, Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own, neither can you. Well, to bear fruit means for our faith to grow. The implication here is we have to remain. We have to be embedded into Jesus Christ. If we are, then our faith, yes, it will grow. But if we are not, if we're not grafted onto Christ, if we are drawing our life from something else in this world other than Christ, our faith is not going to grow. Now, I know this might be hard language, but I think we hear this all the time. We live in a culture in which we are very comfortable with people telling us what to do. When it comes to physicians, when it comes to personal trainers, even financial advisors tell us how and when we should invest our money. I'll give you a good example. You go to your doctor's office and you ask your doctor, I want to improve my health. Well, he or she will tell you, well, eat a balanced diet, cut out fat and cholesterol, start exercising regularly, stop smoking. Why? Because your physician knows the body. Doctors know what promotes good health in our bodies. They'll tell you, if you do these things, you'll have good health. But just the opposite will happen. If you engage in a lifestyle that is contrary to good health, then your health will decline. Say, for example, every morning for breakfast, you eat a ham and cheese omelet. And then at lunch, you eat a Big Mac. And then to top it off for dinner, you eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. And you eat that every day. Well, your doctor will tell you, you're killing yourself. You have to be responsible, not only in your diet, but in your exercise. So what's your response? How dare you? How dare you tell me what to do? How dare you impose this new lifestyle upon me? Your doctor will say, hey, I'm just telling you the facts. I'm just telling you what promotes good health. You can take it or leave it. So you leave your doctor's office and you go to the gym. You go to the Y and you meet with your personal trainer and you say to your trainer, I want to get into better shape. So your trainer says, okay, exercise more often. Do aerobic exercise. You know, run, swim, ride the bike to strengthen your heart. Start lifting weights to tone your muscles. Your response, how dare you? How dare you tell me to do these things to change my lifestyle? Your trainer will say, hey, take it or leave it. 
I'm just telling you what makes a body healthy and strong. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is telling us in the gospel. What Jesus is telling us isn't something that's arbitrary, nor is it burdensome. Does it make our life more challenging? Instead, Jesus is laying out the facts. Just as a body flourishes or declines under certain conditions, so too does our soul. Under certain conditions, our soul will flourish or decline. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is telling us. Now, here's the interesting challenge. We have free will. We have the free will to choose to have our soul either flourish and be spiritually strong or to decline. Jesus loves us so much, he gives us free will. Free will to choose, good or bad, in the spiritual life. Now, it might beg the question, well, what does that mean to be grafted on to Jesus Christ? What does that mean to be embedded into Christ, such that our soul does flourish? Well, I'll give you some concrete examples. First and foremost, to be embedded into Christ, follow the Ten Commandments. Remember the story of the rich young man runs up to Jesus and says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Immediately, Jesus answers him and says, follow the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are the foundational building blocks to maintaining a healthy soul. There's no way that we can ignore the Ten Commandments and say, I have a right relationship with God. We're just kidding ourselves. How else can we be embedded into Christ? Well, a steady participation in a life of prayer. Prayer opens us up to receive Jesus and all of his blessings and all of his grace. Prayer opens us up, our heart, our mind, our soul, our will, and our intellect. Prayer is a great spiritual exercise that keeps our soul healthy. How else are we embedded into Christ? We're practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. If we adopt those works, then we adopt the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. How else? An active sacramental life, especially coming to Mass every week, engaging confession. The sacraments are instruments of God's grace. There's that great story of J.R.R. Tolkien, author of The Lord of the Rings and a staunch Catholic. One day, Tolkien received a letter from his son, and in the letter, the son explained that he was afraid that he was losing his faith. Immediately, Tolkien responded and said, stay close to the Eucharist. That was his advice. Stay close to the Eucharist. That is great advice for us all. Friends, today, the gospel is important. Jesus lays out the facts for us. If we truly want our soul to flourish, then we must be always embedded, remaining in Jesus Christ. In doing so, we will flourish. Our soul will bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And that's all that God ever wants from us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.